How's everyone doing? Let's make some noise, come on. I'm a fun guy. And if you know me, Thanos is my favorite character. You can't get a draw against Trinidad? Do you smell what The Rock is cooking? I don't know, I got no merch. What people ask what Omaha means. No, but I will with your wife. Lillard, long range three, and it's good! Krakowski didn't have the angle, shuts down! Well, here comes a pizza, see it? Highly unnecessary. Hit the post with the shot! Who's the scorer? As far as first two to Madrid! Mari Gladia! <laughs> And good morning, evening, afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast. We are recording on the dawn of the 2019 NFL season. Boys, it is finally here. And again, you can find the Wide Open Sportscast on Twitter at Wide Open underscore sports. And don't forget to find us on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, and TuneIn. I am Feds, and tonight for the first time, ladies and gentlemen, we have a four-man booth for this special occasion. Joining me first, as always, is my partner in crime on the Wide Open Sports Cast. From the beginning, the man, the myth, of the legend himself, Mr. Rick Cool. How's it going, Rick? I'm doing just fine. I'm glad. Fancy drafts are over. I'm ready for fancy football. I'm ready for regular football, man. And unfortunately... You know, hate to start on a bad note for you. It looks like baseball season's over, too. Woohoo! Yeah. Well, what do you got to do? Yeah, that was a rough one last night, huh? Yeah, I can't believe that. But anyway, up up to uh, better horizons with the Steelers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, also joining us tonight, once again, making his return with his very impressive record as the leading goal scorer in Ryder Club across history. The man himself behind the sports book, Mr. Joe the Goose Gleason. How you doing, Glee? Feds, Paul, our surprise guest who we haven't actually introduced yet, so I guess I won't, I'll, I'll leave the uh, the honors to you, Feds. But audience, how's everyone going? It's a good, good week one of uh, college football for us. Yeah, yeah, dude, pretty on point last week. Yeah, I had one, one blunder with the Alabama. I thought I picked the... Uh, Wanted to stay away from the spread and went first half there, and they actually went the opposite way there. But other than that, I had the other five picks right. And making his return to the wide open sports cast tonight's special guest, the beat writer for the New York Jets for Elite Sports New York. It is none other than Mr. Jeff Magliaschetti. How you doing, Jeffrey? Guys, it's fantastic to be here. Thank you for having me. And contrary to popular belief, baseball season's still going on. Let's go, Yankees. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, well, well, well. Baseball season's still going on for uh, both Joe and Jeff. Braves, Braves, and uh, Yankees there. So, hey. good, luck, good luck, boys. 
two, my two young, exciting lineups. A little 96, 99 reunion. I'd, I'd very much appreciate yeah, that. <laughs> absolutely. Well, and growing up, if there was an AL team I rooted for, it was always the Yankees. I always had an admiration for the Braves. I used to love those teams. Yeah. Jones, man. Oh, you guys absolutely. Stop, you guys stop circle jerking each other over baseball. Whoa! It's <laughs> football. It's not football, man. It's not our fault that our t- that both of our teams are, you know, do it the right way and are established organizations. Burn. Hey, before yeah, <laughs> boom, roasted. Um, <laughs> before we get into it, uh, Jeff, last week we were actually wrapped up the show. Uh, we know that you might be picking up some XFL coverage in your near future. Um, we power ranked the XFL um, logos and team names. And I showed love for the New York Guardians. Joe and Rick, not as so much. They showed some more love for the Seattle Dragons. If you had to give me your top two, um, power ranking the team names for the XFL, give me your top two. No, no it's interesting you should say that because, uh, yes, barring any unforeseen developments, I will be uh, covering the New York Guardians for Elite. And in another, in another article I wrote for another site, The Big Lead, I actually ranked all eight squads in terms of their names and logos and whatnot. And my top two were, number one, I went with the Houston Roughnecks because I'm a sucker for names that uh, reference the local culture. And I think Roughnecks, of course, referencing the local culture of oil drilling that Houston and Texas as a whole is so famous for, I thought that was very well done. And I also felt that their logo, which if you haven't seen it to describe, is an oil rig complete with a hidden H in the logo, of course, being for Houston. I thought that was just enough tribute without being a total copy of the Houston Oilers logo. It's almost like the Quentin Tarantino of logos and whatnot. So I thought that was very cool. And my second pick was the St. Louis Battle Hawks. I feel there's there's only such a gray area when it comes to naming teams after you know military terms and because at at the end of the day this is a game they're playing and the and our brave men and women in the military deal with war and death on a consistent basis so it's always seems trivial trivial in the end but this seems like a decent enough tribute especially to the midwest's uh military history because uh the illinois scott air force base is just under a half hour drive from the new home of the dome of dome at america center formerly known of course as the trans world dome and the edward jones dome however you prefer to remember it as during the st louis ramsay so my top two were houston st louis i ranked the guardians as number three i thought this is very interesting i believe you and i actually talked about it for a little bit sean how they'd be better off being named the gargoyles i That's thought that right. was better. And, you know, and every time I hear gargoyles, I'm always brought back to uh, the Disney afternoon of the 1990s. There was gargoyles. There was uh, my personal favorite was uh, DuckTales and later Quack Pack. Personally, you also had uh, Timon and Pumbaa. And uh, oh, my God, I'm dating myself here. But anyway, the Guardians, very uh, decent name. I ranked the third Dragons. I thought, you know, they actually went solid with the uh, what I like to call with the Toronto Raptors route in the sense that they took a modern cult a modern day pop culture phenomenon and gave the team a name that won't make it seem dated because of course everyone knows the raptors were named after the 1993 film jurassic park for the raptor antagonist in that movie and i guess you could say that the dragon's moniker comes from a subtle game of thrones reference winter is indeed coming the xfl is slated to kick off on february 8th so overall some decent teams just just enough 
fun to make it just enough fun without being too super silly. So I'm eager to see. I will, of course, miss the names of the original incarnation, the old XFL, but obviously they wanted to distance themselves from that for understandable reasons. So overall, well done. And I'm looking forward to uh, doing that this February. What was uh, what was your last one? Like the worst one? Oh, L.A. Wildcats, because I, I just I, when you're ah, really? L.A., when you're L.A., you need to have some flashier than simple Wildcats. And don't get me wrong. Um, I'm very much into Villanova basketball, and they've done a great job with that nickname. And so has Kentucky. So has even Davidson to a lesser extent. But when you're L.A., you need something flashier in there. And you need something you know, because of the first XFL team name down there, the only champions of the so-called, quote, million dollar game was, of course, the. LA Extreme, that of course being with an X, and their logo was like an interesting combination of an X and a blade, and it was very interesting, but at the same time, that was, it just exemplified the very cheesy aspect of the original XFL, but to go back and name it Wildcats now, that's just, that's just very generic, I thought, so swing and a miss on that one, that was my last place team right there, so, and on a very related note, with all this XFL trivia I'm spearing off, I am in desperate need of a social life. <laughs> Aren't we all? I mine was the Vipers, but anyway, I think we should just continue on to the uh, the NFL. All so right, boys, call. let's jump into it. To the Monday Night Football music, football, meaningful football is finally back, boys. Um, so what we're gonna do is we're gonna jump division by division. We're gonna try to keep it that you have two minutes to talk about the teams that I'm going to name and we will go division by division um, starting with the NFC we will go in the order of east north south and west Ooh. and then we will repeat with the AFC and then in between our divisional preview so boys what I'm going to do is when I give you a team think about what you're going to want to say and what you expect from that team for the upcoming year so that way um, that we can keep moving along and get to every team and also after we go through each division we are going to have a betting with goose segment where he will discuss the over and unders for each team and some bets to take about those teams. So, boys, let's jump into it with the division that is very close to mine and Jeff's heart. You betcha. The NFC East. So, <laughs> boys, let's begin with where the big news in the NFL is today. Of course, uh, the human gremlin himself, Ezekiel Elliott, returned to the Dallas Cowboys. That's not nice for them. As the, as the highest paid running back in NFL history. Mm. Jeff, you're the Cowboys man here. I'll let you start off. What's your lookout for the boys this year? I, I mean, granted, once I started covering my, I, I, I did kind of turn in my fan card, but I guess it's okay to talk about the Cowboys at heart. But anyway, in terms of this, I think this certainly solidifies the Cowboys' playoff position. Now, the Cowboys are an interesting in the sense where they stole the NFC East from the Eagles last year. I think the Eagles are personally more talented right now and believe that they're going to take the division. And it's also a case of me trusting Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz more than I do Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott, respectively. So I definitely think that this is Philadelphia's division to lose. Having said that, I think this re-addition this re of Zeke, getting him back here, 
solidifies the Cowboys status as a wild card team because out of all the contenders in this NFC, the Cowboys are a strong established squad. Amari Cooper really did wonders for that offense last year. Zeke struggled a little bit and they brought him in and kind of gave Dak a target to throw to. It's going to be very interesting to see how that relationship is fostered in years to come. And I'm also interested to see, I'm, I would like to see a breakout year. I foresee it anyway, uh, in Michael Gallup teams early around draft pick last season had decent year just over about oh 500 yards receiving made himself more of a red zone threat this offseason i believe so michael gallup is a name i want to keep an eye on i also want to point out that strong defense because the cowboys big flaw throughout the new century has been they had the offensive talent they had tony romo they had guys like demarco murray and des bryant but it always seemed like they were forced to go into high scoring shootouts but because of a subpar defense that appears to no longer be the case. They locked up uh, other guys on that. They locked up Jalen Smith, for example, who has turned out to be a fantastic diamond in the rough there. So I would like to see the Cowboys improve on defense some more, give it a bit of a center spotlight. Remember, I totally dominated that Thursday game against the New Orleans Saints, did a fantastic job and basically established themselves as contenders. So if the Cowboys are going to the Cowboys MVP is undoubtedly Ezekiel Elliott, but they separate themselves amongst the other many contenders in the NFC with a strong defense. And of course, the addition of the aforementioned running back now what now um with D- Dak how much do you think it hinges on his the contract I mean I guess he's signed through the year and he isn't he's not a character he's not going to sit out or anything no he's not he's not saying that the Cowboys are fully intending to go with Prescott the entire season I don't cool. see any anything held up there their backup quarterback situation they're only they're only carrying two quarterbacks Cooper Rush is currently the only backup quarterback on the roster the Mike White experiment came to an end this preseason White of course was their fifth round pick in 2018 out of Western Kentucky and he will not be retained this season so for all intents and purposes this is Dak Prescott's job and I didn't I was right. not surprised by that so there was there is no holdout threat from Prescott and he comes into a major prove it year do you think it's their sorry do you do you think it's their division for the taking or do you think the eagles are still a notch above them no, I think Philadelphia is a notch above them. Like I like I said before, I really trust. It's all a matter of trusting two of the most more most important positions in the game of football. I trust the head coach Doug Peterson and over Jason Garrett, and I trust the quarterback Carson Wentz, the franchise quarterback Wentz, over Prescott at this moment. Because Prescott, I give him all the credit in the world. I think he is very underrated in the sense that it's kind of like Tony Romo before, in the sense that these guys should uh, personify the typical NFL success story you know he was a fourth-round pick. Romo was undrafted, and yet they've each established themselves as the franchise quarterback of the of unda- of arguably the premier franchise of this league. In the sense that you know the America's team. I know, I know. You can argue about that. How they haven't accomplished anything over the past two decades. They're, they're sort of like they're almost like right now. I want to compare them to the Toronto Maple Leafs of football. And that there's been a lot of false starts in the sense, and there's an entire generation that really isn't sure of this team's greatness. But that's a different topic for another day. And but the, since that they, that connection affords them far more criticism than they should ever have to endure. And Prescott Prescott is not Romo. He's he, he doesn't take as many chances. He can move. He can move around. He's a good game manager, and I just would not rank him in the top ten quarterbacks of this league. Prescott, just yet. Pre- Prescott is a good game manager. Yeah, but exactly. but statistically, he is actually a better quarterback than Carson Wentz right now. Uh, two, 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 two big factors. One, you just you just said the main thing. Uh, Dak is definitely more of a, a conservative quarterback. 
yeah, that's that also that's also been the offensive system he's been down. Don't they? Have, they have a new coordinator this year that's a little bit more aggressive. Kellen Moore, as well as well as Dak Prescott is one of the best two minute drill QBs in the league, and that that's something that's he's he is way he's way, he's not for like the top ten young QBs. He's in the top five over over Wentz. And think? also the the other thing with with that is the best ability is availability. And Wentz hasn't proven that yet. Well, I never want to hold injuries against players. Football is a violent sport, and among the many re- among the reasons I don't consider, say, Steve Entman and Kajana Carter bust. Those guys just couldn't stay healthy. Football is a violent sport, and it takes a toll on some of these guys. That's yeah. why I had all the sympathy in the world for Andrew Luck. So that's not really something I like to hold against guys because right. But right now, in terms of the big games, Prescott will have these games where he'll just he'll disappear. He had several of those last year. He looked almost lost without Elliott in the lineup during that six-game stretch in 2017 that ended up costing the Cowboys a playoff spot. I think he deserves far more credit than he that he than he's been afforded. Is he worth the 40 million he supposedly wants? And that story did turn out to be debunked, but is he worth that? No, absolutely not. I don't think so. Then again, what quarterback is at this point? So I'm eager to see how he responds in this contract year where he doesn't necessarily have a safety net of an extended deal just yet moving forward. All right. Um, next, the New York Giants. Rick, why don't you start us with the Giants? What are you thinking about them this year? Uh, the New York Giants just seem like a like a project toy this year. Um, I mean, it's... It's uh, it's been Eli Manning's final years. It seems like for the past five years, it feels like. And without without them, without him, I don't think it'll be as good. I I want to see Daniel Jones at some point this year. I think it'll happen. Undoubtedly. Uh, I I just don't think that Eli Manning either. Eli Manning is just gonna get pulled or he'll get injured. But I mean, this this is definitely. This is one of the, I would say, one of the big four rebuilding teams in the NFL right now. Um, Daniel Jones impressed in the preseason, but of course that was against the twos, not against the ones. So we'll see there. Uh, that's that's all I really have to say about the one, Giants. One thing I found really interesting was uh, Bet Online uh, released how uh, bookmakers. Use quarterback uh, benching and absences to affect the spread. So, for instance, Aaron Rodgers has a spread effect of seven and a half. So, um, tomorrow's game is a plus three game for them. If he wasn't playing, it would be plus ten and a half. That's what that means. Interesting. Um, so they've released it for every quarterback, and you have guys like Jared Goff is minus five. Um, you have Nick Foles is minus two and a half. So if, if it's a Wait, minus two and a half game and he doesn't play, they assume it's a push him bet. Sam Darnold and Josh Allen were at one and a half and one respectively. There was one quarterback, one quarterback where Vegas said if they benched him and put his backup in, their team would actually become a favorite by a point. And it was Eli Manning. So Vegas is telling you that they they consider if if a game currently for this week, I forget what's the line this week. This week is minus seven. They they're getting plus seven. If Daniel Jones was to play, it would be only six. 
I thought that was I thought that was really interesting that Vegas is telling you that. But anyway, so that that and that's all I have to say about the Giants. Well, the interesting <laughs> thing about the interesting thing about the Giants is that a lot of people are saying Daniel Jones should play and he must see the field at some point this year, especially if the Giants wash out like many expect them to. If they spoke with John Mara earlier this offseason and Mara said you know, I hope I never see Daniel Jones in the field this year. And that caused a lot of controversy. But at the same time, what the heck the guy's supposed to say? No, I hope we go 0-10 and, and we have to put a Daniel Jones in there? Come on now. But if the Giants start off saying, you know, something like 4-6 and six or even something along the lines of, I don't know, 3-5. and five. And when, when Kurt Warner came in, they were in the 4-4, four 5-4 and four, five and four range back all those years ago that gave birth to this Eli Manning quarterback monopoly on New York. So you have to realize that. Daniel Jones is going to come in, but his insertion does not automatically make the Giants Super Bowl contenders. I think there are many holes on this Giants team. Daniel Jones potentially solves one for the future. I want to see him in a regular season game first before we make any, you know, Canton enshrinements. And even when he does, you know, get into a regular season game and plays like he did in the preseason, it's going to be uh, at old takes expose Christmas by then. They're going to absolutely love it. So I definitely think that it's going to be interesting when he comes in. He will get in at some point this fall. I believe it's only a matter of when, not if Daniel Jones gets in for this team. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna follow you on that because I know that obviously the Giants uh, ownership was saying that no, like Eli's the guy, Eli's the guy, and again, I do feel for Eli because like this is a guy that even though it had a lot to do with breaking his Iron Man streak, that the Giants fans are like yo keep starting him, keep starting him. He got benched. They you know fought for him to get to get starting again. He started. Now the Giants fans want him out of town. But I do agree, Rick, uh, with you that I feel like this is a big rebuild team. But before we jump into the next team, I am going to say, though, you can't count this team out. They still have a decent wide receiver core when healthy. They've got arguably the best running back in the league. So I think that the Giants always seem to surprise you when you count them out. Just as Tom Coughlin. Yeah, exactly. So that's why... I wouldn't completely count out this Giants team, but I still see them as finishing fourth in this division. Uh, jumping into the next team, uh, not I know, Rick, you just hammered me for being a homer, but your 2019 NFC East division champion Philadelphia Eagles, if, if Carson Wentz stays healthy, I do think that this is a very talented offense. I think I am expecting huge things from Miles Sanders. I picked him up last night in the fantasy draft. I think that he's going to break out. Jordan Howard's going to get the most of the carries to start off. Uh, but then Miles Sanders, I think, eventually takes over as the number one back with Howard at the, Howard at the second and Corey uh, Clement continuing his role as the third back. Uh, our wide receiver core and tight ends, Jesus, Mary, and Hosa, um, uh-huh. I think are pr- pretty well set up. Here's my thing though with this Philadelphia Eagle team how are we going to respond to for the first time not having defensive end depth because this defense has been successful on the ability to be able to have Brandon Graham and Derek Barnett and Fletcher Cox and all these guys wear you down wear you down but even though I know Cox is a D tackle on the DN you got BG and you've got Derek Barnett wearing you down series after series and then lo and behold you got Michael Bennett and Chris Long come off for third down both those players are gone. So the defensive end depth is going to be concerning to see how can they do with BG now a little older, even though we just gave him an extension. 
how is he going to hold up being more of like an every down end versus, you know, he's going to get one or two downs and then Chris Long comes on as the third down end and then Derek Barnett coming off of a season-ending injury last year. And the way you beat this Eagles team is through their secondary. I don't know why every team in the NFL doesn't do a double move route on Jalen Mills and just hit him for deep. That happens all the time. He bites on everything. So I, I do think that the Eagles are the best team in the NFC East. But Wentz has got to stay healthy. Uh, and we got to figure out our defense a little bit. Uh, what about you guys? Well, you're absolutely right in the sense that, that uh, Wentz has to stay healthy because you no longer have the – safety net of Nick Foles coming in. Uh, he, of course, he of course being in Jacksonville at this point. And the Eagles have been in flux with their quarterback situation, as we saw as the backup quarterback situation we saw this offseason. Nate Sudfeld and Cody Kessler each getting hurt, turning it over to Josh McCown, who I got a chance to talk to when I was with the Jets. He's a great guy. But I agree where you're coming from with that, and it's going to be interesting to see how the defense works and I think that the Eagles, like I said, I think they're the team to beat when it comes to the NFC. I think they're still kind of on that Super Bowl high. They really made the most they could out of a season that in other places you almost considered it, you could almost consider it lost in a way because, you know, they, they lost the division out to the Cowboys in that thriller in the penultimate week of the season. Not, not penultimate week, but definitely late in December. Um, but they all they managed to get in there. No one believed them in them against Chicago. Then they blew it that big lead in New Orleans. So um, was it was interesting to see them make the most out of nothing. So they come in with bigger expectations this year. They don't strike me as a team that would, you know, steal a first round buy. I I currently have Philadelphia slotted in the three slot right now, so three or four. But I do think this is a team to beat in the NFC, and I'm eager to see what they do two years removed from that Super Bowl title. Glee, what about you with the Bird Gang? Well. I think the back injury is really the the issue, right? Um, I wasn't too concerned about him coming back with the ACL, but I don't know. A back injury is so different. Um, as a, in terms of the rest of the team, I mean, we saw the we saw those five guys in those bodies in that body issue. I mean, they're one of the top offensive lines in the league, and they just mm-hmm. drafted a replacement for Peters, so. I, they're you know they're they're very well managed and so they're very deep in the in the right spots and D line and I'm just curious how the back end holds up on defense but um, you know like they'll lose to the Jets I think it's week six um, that's a given I love that matchup out the backfield Le'Veon Ty Montgomery but anyway. Um, yeah, I think no, I think the Eagles win that division. I think it's a soft division, and I'm glad the Jets are playing it. And Rick, what about you with the Eagles? Uh, well, I think the big thing is the the offense needs to carry the defense this year. I, I kind of agree that the offense, I mean, the defense is kind of finding a new identity. There, there are still the key players there, but there's also a lot of brand new players that are coming in. The offense, there are new players there, but they're probably more old players and they kind of got older with getting like Deshaun Jackson as one of their main wide receivers. So I, I, if the offense can stay healthy and ball out, then they should run away with this division. Um, I'm, I'm in agreement with that. And I agree. Third, 
uh, in the NFC. I think that's that's a very appropriate spot for them there. Uh, I I think I would be a lot more confident. Um, I don't know if you guys read this uh, today, but apparently the Eagles tried to deal Jordan Howard yes. to, the L, to the L.A. Chargers. For, yeah, for for Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Like it was like Jordan Howard and nothing else. And the Chargers immediately said no. Like, if they gave as they him, should. Like, as they should. Yeah, I mean, if if they got if they tried to trade like a second round pick or something, or or uh, second, third, and Jordan, oh, yeah. I think that I think that would be a better deal. But they it was like Jordan Howard and nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's no. how we just like grabbing yeah. straws at that point. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't blame the guy for at least trying, but I mean, it's also kind of insulting. Yeah, it's late. It's late in the year. You could get you could get away with stuff like that. Almost, he felt like. Um, and another bit, bit of an interesting twist to that story. I always, I never really pay attention to these in a way, but it was recently revealed that Melvin Gordon followed the Eagles on Instagram. So take that information, what you will with it, do, do what you want with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just something to keep an eye on moving forward. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I hate those things. I hate, I hate, I hate it too. I hate yeah. it too. But it's worth pointing out. Yeah. Okay. I agree. All right. So, boys, let's jump into. I mean, what is there to say about the Redskins? I, I think they're. I think they're a rebuilding squad as well. Yep. I want to take. Four. Yeah, definitely, definitely my four. Um, I do want to take some time and give a shout out to Alex Smith. I think he's been one of the most underrated players in this league for years. With all the offensive coordinators and coaches he's been through, came to did well in San Francisco. Lost a job through no fault of his own. Same thing happened in Kansas City. Flashy, no, a winner, yes. Hope for the best in his recovery. Eager to see how Dwayne, the Dwayne Haskins experiment pans out. He'll be starting by Halloween, especially with Case Keenum being the lone option right now. But Washington is certainly a rebuilding team in this league. I think we can all agree there. Glee, what are the over-unders? Okay, boys, so I'll just shout out the um, – and I'm going to keep track of this so we can have a little fun when we come back next year. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> so, okay, so I'll shout out the team. And you just say, so the Eagles are nine and a half. Oh. But I will mention that the over-under, if you take the over, it is minus 200 for over nine and a half. So you have to put up double the money to win. Anyway, so nine and a half. Oh, over, over. Over. Rick? Nice Everyone talk, Rick. Uh, what do what you got next, Lee? <laughs> Keep it moving. Cowboys are nine. Mm. Jeffrey, what are you taking there? Over. Feds? Um, I'd say over two for Dallas. Okay. Paul? I think Rick is currently away from his microphone. Rick is away from his microphone. Look at that. Could oh, is he? Background. Yes, he is. What you got next? Alright, well I'm gonna I'm gonna also take the over on that. Um okay, so the next is the Redskins and they are at six, as are the Giants. I'm gonna take Washington under Giants under as well. Okay. But I think the Giants finished third, Washington fourth. Agree on the agree on all accounts on that one. Okay. I'm going to go Giants under, and I'm going to say the Redskins sneak one out, and they win seven games. So you take a Giants fourth? 
Giants is forwards, yep. And Rick, uh, I guess we'll... I don't know. What about yeah. me? Did you say your Redskins and Giants picks? Uh, I did not say my Redskins and Giants picks. Six is the line. For both. Uh, both? I'm going to go... I'm going to go over for Giants, under for Redskins. Okay. So the opposite of me. All right. So moving on. So boys. NFC North. Uh, Let's start with the two teams that will be kicking off the season, the Green Bay Packers and the Chicago Bears. Boys, let's start with you on this one, Glee. How do the Bears rebound from Double Doink? Well, it all depends about Mitchell Trubisky if he takes the next step. Um, and with that, I guess it's kind of the same way Jared Goff was able to take the next step with Sean McVay. You really need Matt Nagy to kind of uh, – a lot of times you would see the Bears score early in games because the offense is scripted. But you need the quarterback to be able to make adjustments throughout the game. And so you're, I'm curious if uh, Trubisky is able to take that next step. So – I'm not actually huge on them. A lot of people are picking them for the NFC. I actually think that the Packers will win the division. Jeffrey, what's your take on the Bears? I mean, I think I think it's exactly exactly what you said. Trubisky has to take the next step. He had his moments last season. There was just a lot of reliance on strong defensive performances, and that really came back to haunt them in the playoff game against Philadelphia. It could have made double doink entirely avoidable in the first place, which is one of many reasons I think Cody Parkey got kind of – he was a scapegoat. Let's just leave it at that. But um, I think that Trubisky did a decent job. He did take a decent step but he now has to take a further step forward. He needs to insert himself into the upper echelon conversation to quarterbacks in this league. The defense is there. Is the offense? Only one way to find out. The defense is going to win them some games this season. The defense is going to help them perhaps secure a first-round bye. But in today's NFL, which, which, which worships an, a deity known as big plays and offense, they need to go entirely forward, and they need to take a big step if they want to move on beyond and beyond the divisional round, I believe. And Rick, what about your take on the Bears? Well, uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to try to reiterate what he said, but uh, the Bears' offense at times kind of reminded me of the Rams' offense. These quick, flashy plays last year. Um, if they're able to improve on that, they could be in the same situation which the Rams were in. Uh, and of course, their their defense is is pretty damn good. They have some older guys on there, but I mean, having Khalil Mack and Hicks on there, that's, that's huge for a team that needs defense, uh, not knowing what's going to happen with the quarterback. So I, I still think I I'm on this hype train glee of bears are going to come out on top of this division. Uh, but I'll have to think a little bit to see where I'd place them in the NFC. Well, Rick, I'm going to flip it back to you on this one. Uh, so you've got the Bears, Glee. You're going to take the Packers. Rick, let me ask you about the Bears' opponent tomorrow. What are you thinking about the Green Bay Packers this year? Uh, I think the Green Bay Packers are going to be a good team. Uh, I, I like their receivers. Um, I, I'm hoping Jimmy Graham is able to have a bounce-back year, not get injured, and be there for Aaron Rodgers in the end. Uh, I hope Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. To me, it seems like they have a lot of guys that are very injury-prone on offense. Um, I mean, Adams had had a little thing last year 
Uh, Rodgers been known about his collarbone if he gets tackled wrong. Uh, if their offense is is going to be firing on all cylinders, then yeah, I mean they could be very dangerous. Uh, their defense is supposed to be good, but I never know with a Green Bay defense. Uh, they're they're supposed to be much improved over the fat past five years. They were not that great. They were good. They were at sometimes. Most of the times they were not. So I think if their defense and offense are clicking in all cylinders right there. I mean, especially their defense, because I really don't know anything about their defense. Glee, what's your take on the Cheeseheads? Your NFC North champions. Well, I just think that Rodgers, once he's emotionally and mentally involved in the offense, I think he'll be able to take the next step. And to be honest, I just think that most of the teams take a step back. Now, it is the tightest division in terms of win-losses. I mean, you got the Bears at 9.5, the Packers and the Vikings are both at 9. So, it is projected to be a tight division. And then, Jeffrey, what's your take on the Packers? So, in terms of the Green Bay defense, I'm interested to see how the uh, new new secondary guys work out. They picked that, they picked Darnell Savage in the first round of this year's draft. They also brought in Adrian Amos as an unrestricted free agent. He, of course, being formerly from Chicago. Preston Smith also joins the linebacking course from Washington, and Blake Martinez comes back for another year. So this is going to be interesting to see what they do on defense because that, again, has been a problem for them. It could be the Aaron Rodgers show all they want, but they need to get a stop or two. It's very much like I said before with the Tony Romo situation. It's Tony Tony Romo syndrome all over again. Show-stopping stats... Everything works out fine on offense, but defensive lapses lead to losses and the focusing on a single mistake from the quarterback. You look at the Packers line, they made some they made some interesting moves. They brought in Elshon Jenkins to be the interior guy and the, as a guard. It should be interesting to see him work out there. And I want to see how Rodgers works out with uh, new head coach Matt LaFleur. Because, of course, the downfall with it, with the defense there was – the defense was uh, – with the Packers was the relationship between Rodgers and Mike McCarthy. And after seemingly two decades of the latter, it was almost – I felt like two centuries almost. But after a long, long time of Mike McCarthy, there's a new head coach in there. There's a fresh guy in there. Let's see how they work out. Let, if they're arguing by October, they're not winning the division. But if things get to stay relatively peaceful, the Packers can once again be dangerous. Glee, let's have you kick off this one. A uh, third team in the NFC North, who I honestly think that this team could sneak in here and there because they're still, in my opinion, a pretty dangerous team in the NFC, even though they're the Eagles' bitch, the uh, Minnesota Vikings. Well, I'm not a huge Kirk Cousins fan, but I think that defense is going to, um, you know, I trust the Zimmer thought. I think Dalvin Cook, you know, maybe Kirk was trying Cousins to find. Kirk Cousins did his not footing. win a single game last year above against a team above five hundred. Above five hundred, yeah. I'm not. I'm not too big on him, um, but I think that it, within the division, you always gotta be mindful of them. But yeah, I, I don't expect too much of them. I don't expect them to make the playoffs. What about you, Rick? What are your take on the uh, Purple People leaders? Uh, well, I think they're gonna be a great fantasy team. Um, they always are a very solid fantasy team. I, I yeah, took Dalvin Cook in your draft last night. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be a solid fantasy team. Um, I feel like they're going to pull off like a surprise win or two against like the Bears and or the Packers, but I don't think they're getting in the playoffs. Um, again, th- that's a huge thing what you said before, that he, ne- he did not win against say above 500 team last year. So uh, if... If he can't strain up, I used to be a Kirk Cousins guy, 
I, I've fallen off that bandwagon pretty hard. So I, it, this feel this is going to be another team that's going to be riding their defense. I think just just because I don't think Kirk Cousins has the ability, even though he's paid like he has the ability, I don't think he has the ability to run this offense. And then Jeffrey, what do you think about the Vikings? Kirk Cousins, once again, I think we can all agree he is not a clutch quarterback. We'll get you so many fantasy points. He'll get you the 400 yards. He'll get you the three touchdowns. But at the end of the day, if you're looking for a guy to win big games, Kirk Cousins is not that guy. My lasting memory of Kirk Cousins was when I went down to Landover at the end of the 2016 season. Giants were playing the Redskins, and long story short, Giants were already locked into the five seed and playing most of their backups. Washington was in a win-or-go-home situation. And all Cousins had to do at the end of the game, sloppy game, 13-10, Giants led. He had a minute to go, and all he had to do was lead them to a score, and the Redskins could go to the playoffs. He instead threw an interception and season over. It was at at that moment I was off the Kirk Cousins bandwagon. It described his career in a microcosm in a way and why I think the Vikings are destined for another disappointment. 8-8, 7-9 for them, I say. And what about the team, Jeff? We'll start with you on this one. That's always in the NFC North purgatory, the Detroit Lions. I mean, at this point, can you even call it purgatory? It's it's straight up uh, hellfire in there. But I'm interested to see what the Lions do. I mean, Matthew Stafford's another guy. He majorly struggles despite his massive paycheck against strong teams. The Lions seem to me to to me they seem to be the all syringe of this of this division. They have some talent, but at the end of the day, I do not expect anything special to them. Uh, what about you, Glee? Yeah, I have no thoughts. They're just another team in the league that I just don't worry about. Um, as long as Carrion Johnson does well in my one fantasy league, that's all I care about. Yeah, for real, right? <laughs> Rick, what do you think about the Lions? I feel like this is a team that doesn't think they're they're still rebuilding, but they're trying to, but they should be rebuilding. Um, and I, again, I, I don't, I kind of really don't want to say anything about them. They're they're bottom barrel team as well. So I'll, I'll I'll take a pass. So Glee hit us. Uh, win loss uh, over under for the NFC North. Okay, boys. So like I said, it's the tightest division. You have the Bears, Packers, and Vikings all at nine and a half, nine and nine. The Lions at six and a half. So I said they will all be under, except I have the Packers over nine wins. So I say the Bears under nine and a half, Vikings under nine. Lions under six and a half. Jeff? I say Chicago goes over. Uh, Detroit will go under. What were the other two again, please? Nines. Both nines. Uh, Green Bay, I will say over. I see them getting ten wins. Minnesota will be under. Um, I'm I'm saying over for Bears. uh, Over for Green Bay. Um, Vikings... Yeah, I, I can I can only see them winning nine games. So, guys, is there a draw there? Or I can't take the draw. <laughs> uh, if not, then I will then I'll take the under at eight and eight. Okay. And then I will. Glad take, you missed. Yeah. Uh, then I'll take the under for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I'm pretty much following suit there. I'm gonna go bear. I'm gonna say Bears and Packers over, Lions and Vikings under. I like it. Cool. That's my move there. All right, NFC South. Now, boys, this division is a war every single year. What is it good for? The the NFC – nice, nice Edwin Starr. 
Um, the NFC South every year seems like there's always a new division winner, a new contender with the Falcons, Panthers, Saints, and the Buccaneers. Uh, let's start with the team that was the most successful out of that division last year, the New Orleans Saints. Rick, kick it off. What do you think about the Saints? Uh, I I think the Saints are are one of the teams that are probably Super Bowl bound. Everything looks great up against uh, for them. I got to see the uh, the first string uh, week three preseason against the Jets um, live, and they looked pretty unstoppable. Mm. I mean, it is also the Jets, sorry, Glee, but uh, New Orleans looks pretty <laughs> unstoppable. Uh, I, th- I think they're going to probably win at least 11, 11, 12 games this year. Um. Jeff, what's your take on the Saints? Yeah, New Orleans, I am. I have them representing the NFC in the Super Bowl at this point. I think they're going to come out very angry after that missed opportunity last year because, yeah, there was a bad call, but at the same time, they had plenty of chances to recover from it. So I definitely think they're going to come back better than ever, really determined to keep things going. And I, too, got to see them during that week three game in person. And the first team offense looked just looked like they were clicking on all cylinders. Their single drive ended with a breeze touchdown pass to Michael Thomas. So I definitely like what New Orleans is doing. And whatever the over is for the, whatever the over OU for them is, give me the over, please. Uh, Glee, I actually want to ask, ask this because I feel like this is relevant right this moment. Is, oh. there a, is there a prop bet for over under challenging of pass interference this year. <laughs> oh, God, I'll let you know. All right. Get on it, man. <laughs> Glee, what are you thinking about the Saints? <clears throat> I think they're the best team in the NFC. Um, I think the defense is actually what's going to carry them to 12 plus wins. Which for the um, Saints, to be fair, for a team that's not known for its defense, it's a valid statement. Well, they, they when they went to the Super Bowl, that's when that Greg Williams defense was there. I mean, they, they have – and they've had success. They've been a well-rounded team. Um, it's, you know, they've been a successful team in terms of, you know, the NFL landscape where, you know, they're the top eight team every year, and it's because of the offense. But when they're successful, it's because of the defense. And Marshawn Lattimore is such a good player. I mean, they, they have uh, – was it Cameron Jordan? I mean, they have so many studs on that defense – um demario davis who the jets at the time i mean god i he must have learned how to cover running backs because he he was a one-dimensional player but now he's a well-rounded linebacker so i think they're the best team in the nfc i think they're they cruise to 12 wins and uh the nfc championship now let's combine these two teams together because um unless correct me if you think i'm gonna be wrong with this statement I think we'd agree it's going to be either the Falcons or the Panthers who probably have the best shot at challenging the Saints in that division. Tell me which team between the Falcons and the Panthers, in your opinion, has a better chance at challenging the Saints and why. Let's start with you, Rick. Um, this is a tough question. Uh, I feel like every single year it goes back and forth. Personally, but, I'm going to take but, the Falcons here, but... Okay, uh, I, uh, I'll t- I'll take the Panthers. Uh, I think they're they're they they have an offense that needs to win now. It's kind of desperately needs to win now because they have a lot of players that are probably going to be leaving soon if they don't get paid. Um, so they're they're a team that needs to win now offensively, and I think they have 
Uh, this this could just be me speaking out my own ass, but a little bit better of a defense. Um, Falcons. If if Matt if Matty Ice shows his form of that Super Bowl run a few years back, then that that may change my opinion there. But I think the Carolina Panthers have a better shot of challenging for uh, the NFC uh, division there as as well as maybe even a wild card. What are you thinking, Jeffrey? You know, I'm thinking that it's the Falcons right now, if only because I see them as more talented on paper and the fact that we're not 100% on the status of Cam Newton moving forward. He, of course, suffered that, I believe, was a foot or ankle injury in the late stages of the preseason. All the more reason we should be shortening the preseason, but that's another discussion for another day. So I definitely think that right now Atlanta is the best equipped team to do so. I'm personally tired of... Matt Ryan coming up short in so many big games. I have taken on the wrath of Falcons fans. There's just been so many times. Was that divisional playoff game against Green Bay, the MC title game against San Francisco, that Super Bowl, of course. But again, another discussion for another day. I digress. Right now, the Falcons have more talent and they have more name brands to take down Carolina right now. I think they present the best challenge for New Orleans, but it's a challenge I think New Orleans is more incapable of withstanding. Yeah, I'm I, I'm following you with uh, that one. I am pretty tired of um, what do you call it, Matt Ryan coming up short. I mean, yeah, the me man, the, the 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 man's never gonna like live down the uh, what do you call it, live down the uh, Super Bowl choke <laughs> glee. Never in there. Panthers or Falcons? Panthers or Falcons? Yeah, who's gonna challenge the Saints in the lie? I mean, I'm always going to go Falcons just because I think they're a more well-rounded team. And like Jeff said, Cam's you know a little banged up. They rely on two people, really. I mean, that offense is so, so constipated. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is so dynamic. But other than that, I mean, you're relying on who? DJ Moore and then Greg Olson. So, no, i take the Falcons any day. And, boys, lastly, what do we make of the Tampa Bay Bucks? Hey, Tampa Bay, they're such a team in transition. It's a big year for Jameis Winston, a big opportunity to prove whether he can be a true franchise quarterback of this league, but I really don't see them making any noise in the immediate future. What about you, Rick? Uh, With uh, the resurgence of Bruce Arians, um, I'm very curious what he does with Jameis Winston, uh, if they stay with him or if they go into a different position. Because, I mean, Bruce Arians is quietly one of the – uh, what do you call it? Uh, quarterback whispers. He's worked with he's worked with Big Ben. He's worked with Payne Manning. He's worked he's with Andrew Luck. He he is a really good quarterback coach. That he knows what he's he, doing. That's for sure. And and he made he made Carson Palmer look great in the twilight of his year, of his years. So yeah, I mean, just just look at the Cardinals team without him. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's that's so true. So uh, that's I'm not, I'm not I'm not closing the book totally. On on Tampa Bay, but um, they're definitely the number four. It, just on paper, they're the number four for me. I mean, they. I feel like that's a team that can truly surprise this year, just Fair on enough. the sole fact of of great coaching. Because Arians is a great coach. But taking the leg, you go. Yeah, and I guess I'll I'll just segue into the win totals, and we'll start with them as the back end. They're at six and a half, and I, I'm gonna take the over actually. I just because, um, I think. 
strictly because of Bruce Arians. I mean, if, I'm not a huge Jameis Winston fan, but that that team I think could be a seven, you know, an eight win team without Jameis. So I'm 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 going to say over. It's a risk, but I think they can pull off seven and nine. I'm going to follow you on the over there. I could say seven and nine for the Bucks. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I'll, I'll 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 take the over. I, I feel like that they can. Give me and, under. Give me under. Give me under. Yeah, I mean six. I mean, and, and the the converse to that is, I mean, we yeah, you could see them go seven and nine, but I could see them go six and ten just as easy, and it's more likely that they go, you know, five and uh, eleven than they exactly. go than they go the other way. So uh, as a betting man, I would say the under if if but. Personally, I'm I'm a, I'm a Bruce fan, so I think that my heart's in that bed. So I guess we'll climb up the ladder. So the third place team in that division projected is the Panthers at seven and a half. I have under seven and a half, so uh, because strictly because of Cam Newton's health. Under, they'll be seven and nine. Yeah, let me go with that too. Uh, repeat the line again. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I'll take the over. Okay. Good. Falcons are a game up on them, eight and a half. I have over. I think they're a nine and seven team. I think that they are a wild card team. So nine Falcons and seven. Falcons are over. Falcons are definitely over. Yeah, Falcons are over if only because I have them going nine, seven, six, and ten. Yeah. Um, I will take the under on them. I'll I'll, I'll see them uh, at eight and a half, right? Nine. Oh, eight and a half. Yeah. Oh, eight and a half. Uh, my fault. Yeah, I, I will take I'll take the under. I can see them being eight and eight. Imagine if they had that Chick fil A open on Sundays. But they are true. one true. and oh, I believe, when that happens. And yeah, then uh Glee, what are the Saints? Ten and a half, and I went over. I think yeah. they're twelve twelve. Yeah, give me over. I like yeah, I said over, before. Over, over. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. Okay. All right. Last division in NFC, boys, NFC West. Uh, let's kick off with the reigning NFC champions, the LA Rams. Rick, I'll give you this one to start off. Uh, the LA Rams, I mean, they, they look like the same team as last year. Um, not too many big personnel changes. Uh, I can see them. I, I can see in the, in the NFC championship game being LA versus the Saints again. Um, and, but this time the Saints overcoming that. That uh, pass interference. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Rams Rams all the way there. What about you, Jeffrey? Yeah, right now I got I got the Rams all the way in that division. I'm very interested to see what the Seattle Seahawks do. Of course, making that big move for prize. I I really want to credit the Seahawks in the sense that last year was supposed to be the year all came crashing down for them, but. They actually came in. They lost pretty much every member of the Legion of Boom. Chris Richard was no longer there, and they did a good job. They made it back to the playoffs, clawed their way back in. But this year, I think they were only delaying the inevitable. I think this year is when they is when it's kind of going to be a year. Russell Wilson, all the credit in the world, but I don't think that it's going to end up well for them this year. I think they'll just miss the playoffs if only because there are just so many contenders in this NFC. See right now, so Seattle missed the playoffs. Also, keep an eye on San Francisco this year. Because 
has. I'm eager to see what Jimmy Garoppolo can do in with a full season under center. So keep it on San Francisco. I still think Seattle comes in in the runner-up spot in there. Seattle's probably going to go 9-7. San Francisco, they go 7-9, 8-8. Because not only do they have Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan's going to be playing for his job, I believe. This is the proverbial third year, do or die for a coach. So interested to see. Give me uh, Seattle and San Francisco fighting over that second spot. Arizona, they better improve the offensive line for Kyler Murray if they want to avoid yet another franchise quarterback situation down there. Yeah, for real, right? God bless the Cardinals. My God. <laughs> uh, Glee, what's your outtake? Um, what are you thinking of the Rams? Um, well, I, I'll just give my whole NFC West prediction. Um, yeah. I think the Rams... Um, I think they're on par with they were last year. It's going to be tough to upstep that, but I don't see them taking any steps back. Um, I'm a huge Seahawks from my NFC team, so without bias, Russell Wilson, I think, is the best quarterback in the league. And so I think that they are the other wild card team, as I mentioned. And the other the other two are just there. I, I don't see the 49ers um, worth any time this year. I'm not a huge Jimmy G fan. And uh, the rest of that team is not bit well built. Rick, what's your take on the NFC West? Yeah, I guess uh, I guess we're breezing through this one. Um, NFC West, uh, LA Rams definitely all the way. Like I said, I think in the NFC Championship, it's got to be LA for Saints again. Um, San Francisco, I, I'm very curious about uh, Jimmy G. Um, I, again, he was injured early last year. I'm very curious if he's going to be the player that they sign. Or if he's just going to rob them of all their money that they signed him for, um, so that, that's that's very curious for me. Seahawks, um, Seahawks is just the is is just the the little engine that could. Um, they they like like uh, like Jeff said, they were supposed to, it was supposed to be a blow up year last year. Somehow they got into the playoffs. Uh, so it's it's very interesting that dynamic there, but I do think they're the second seed. San Francisco's third. Um, pray for Kyler Murray. I mean, I, I feel like we're all pretty much in agreement there. Uh, the Rams are obviously top NFC West. Loaded roster, loaded offense. Um, if they could figure out a Patriot defense, they'd probably be a Super Bowl champion. But I definitely take the Rams first. But don't sleep on the Seahawks. I agree with the Seahawks being a wild card team. Uh, obviously, you got Russell Wilson, Glee. I'm definitely not going as far as you saying he's the best quarterback in the league, but he's definitely the most versatile, and he's excellent at making things happen. And what I'm going to watch for is the emergence of Chris Carson. Uh, there's been a lot of high projections for him for the Seahawks, and a lot of people have been riding that train highly. Um, obviously, last year, Rashad Penny was the favorite to take over, but Chris Carson ended up taking over majority of the carries and rose up the ranks. So I think he is going to play a big part in the Seahawks' success. And you know the Seahawks are going to snag like a night game or two. That There is no place in the NFL except maybe a night game in Lambeau that I dread to going more as a fan than going to an away primetime game with the 12s in Seattle. It just it that, that always seems like it just ends up as bad news. The year the Eagles won the Super Bowl, one of their three losses was a primetime game in Seattle. You just you, you don't want to go there. Um, 49ers, I think Jimmy G stole the money. I I think the Jimmy Jimmy G hype trains over. And yeah, the Cardinals, man. Yeah, I don't. 
<laughs> I don't know, Joe. What's the over under for the NFC West? Okay, so so we'll go bottom up again. The Cardinals are five, which Love. is a very tough line. Under, yeah. under, under, hit the That's under. That's a tough I, under. I, I, yeah, I, I may actually go with the over. I feel like they're just gonna pull out garbage wins there. I mean, not not great wins, but I'm gonna take the over there. I'm taking the under. Me too. Give me the under. Yeah, I would stay away. Um, but for this purpose, I'm taking the under as well. Uh, the Niners are projected third at eight wins. Under. I, went, under. I went under. Okay, so it sounds like we're in consensus there. Seahawks at eight and a half. I pounded the over there. Yeah. I feel like that's two easy money wins. Pound the under on the 49ers and pound the over on the Seahawks. Yes. That makes well, sense. Well, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. Um, because the way that they do that is that you'll just have to, uh, you know, front more money. So like the 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 Seahawks over, it's actually only minus one thirty five. That's not too bad. In the under, so actually, yeah, it's not too bad. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I, I I don't know. Um, that it's very curious, especially their top receiver is now gone with Doug Baldwin. So Tyler yeah, but Tyler Lockett Ty, is number one receiver. Yeah, so I guess in 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 a, in a way they're kind of like the Steelers in that point. Um, I'll take the over. Tyler Lockett's better than Juju. Sorry. Ooh. Anyway. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I disagree with you on that one. I'm not sure I agree with your police work 100% there, Lou. But uh, interesting, interesting thought. But uh, Seattle, we'll see, we'll, we'll see once uh, Juju starts receiving um, top coverage. Because the thing with the way that they use Lockett versus Baldwin. Baldwin would be in the slot sometimes. Uh, I mean, Lockett, Lockett can be in the slot as well. So, I mean, no, it, Seattle enough. moves him around. But I don't know. I, I just personally like Lockett. Anyway. Well, of course, teach their own. Uh, what was the uh, over-under on Seattle again? It was eight and a half. You said over, right? Oh, yeah. Give me the over on that one. It'll go nine and seven. And then the Rams, I think everyone's going over ten and a half. Over. Over. Yes, please. Over. And that concludes our NFC. Where you betcha. So it looks like there's only two, four. Yeah, there's only uh, six teams, seven teams that we disagreed on. Ooh. So I guess that's half and half, right? Yeah. Uh, if so. I had to pick my top four teams in the NFC who I could see having over 10 win seasons, um, actually, I'm going to go five. I say Philadelphia, Dallas. Chicago, New Orleans, Los Angeles. I think they can hit 10 wins. Well, you said over Packers 9, so I guess you got to include them too. Yeah, they, they can get up there too. They could go 9-6-1. and one, You don't know. <laughs> yeah. Does that count as the over? No, because it still wins. Yeah, it's going to be a push. Be a push. Be a push. Yeah. But anyway, all right, so so that's the NFC. Um, all right. Do we, we want to go in reverse Jeff. order? Glee and Jeff, we're going to let you take off of the AFC East here. Glee, we'll let you lead off with your Jets. And Jeff, obviously you are the Elite Sports New York writer for the New York Jets. So let's have the two of you have it. What are you guys thinking about the Jets? Well, the Jets are in such an interesting situation in that this is such a crucial point on the franchise timeline. They've been searching for a long-term franchise quarterback since, good Lord, man, since the – 
since the Richard Nixon presidency and the first Richard Nixon presidency. And I think that this is interesting in the sense that they finally have a guy they're very confident in, in Sam Darnold. Now, last season proved that Darnold cannot do it on his own. He had a decent stretch at the end there. He won three of his, he didn't win three of his final four games, but three of the final four games did feature some strong performances. And in the first three of that trio, three of the final four, he had about a, I want to say it was a 99.1 passer rating, seven touchdowns compared to one interception. So a decent job there, picked up a big win against Buffalo via a game-winning drive. And I want to say that the Jets, no one goes out there saying, hey guys, let's go 8-8 eight and eight this season. Obviously you don't want to, that's such a loser mentality. But they go out there, 8-8 eight and eight is an attainable and respectable goal for this team, especially one that is nursing one of the NFL's longest playoff droughts. So you go out there, go 8-8, eight 7-9. Eight, it's a decent year. You go under 7-9, it's going to be a disappointment. But that would be a solid year for this team in the sense that they had they started to bring in the offensive weaponry in, in Le'Veon Bell. They brought in guys, they brought back guys whom, with whom Sam Darnold was developing some good familiarity and chemistry with in Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunwa. They took care of the Anunwa sign before the season even ended, four years, $36 million. They will be without Chris Herndon for the first four games of the season, that stemming from a DUI arrest last year. They will also be without Brandon Copeland, suspended for the violation of the NFL's PED policies, as well as Avery Williamson for the uh, entire season due to an injury suffered in the second preseason game. I believe there's just too many contenders, established contenders, in the AFC East right now. You have to worry about the Browns again. Three of the four teams in the North can win that division. Everybody can win the AFC South. One of the wild card spots is probably going to go to whoever misses out on the LA-Kansas City two-man race over in the AFC West. So there's a lot of established contenders right now, but the Jets go 8-8 eight and eight in this new era. I think they would definitely chalk that up as a win. Oh, Glee, get it. What are you thinking about the Jets? Well, love them. I think, I think it's double-digit wins for sure. I think the secondary really scares me. I mean, the offense is going to need to put up 30 points a game, which I think they can do. Um... Not much else to add. The offensive line still scares me. Um, Assembly was obviously a great signing. We'll just have to see. I mean, Darnold, I, I mean, I'm not kidding when I say Darnold's a Hall of Fame talent. I mean, he has just got everything you possibly need. Um, and Gase seems like exactly the type of guy to make him work with the weapons they have, I mean, Montgomery and Bell coming out the backfield, not even coming out the backfield, but lining them up on the sides. Um, huge James crowd. I mean, they have the they have all the weapons. It's it's just the offensive line and the, and the secondary. And not even the secondary. I mean, Marcus May, hopefully he stays healthy, but it's really the corners. And it's it's been, I mean, <clears throat> since the uh, Revis and Cromartie days, they have not had any corners. They, they, they've tried overpaying for people. They've tried drafting in the first round several times and just has not paid off. Um, Rick, you have anything to add there? Um, no, I'll leave it at that. That was a pretty good analysis. Yeah, and I guess the rest of the division, why don't we just hop right into it? I mean, the Bills... I mean, I'm not a huge Josh Allen fan. I think once teams are able to scheme for him, they'll be able to uh, 
I, I don't want to say a player is dumb, but I just when you when you look at the way that he plays versus the way that Darnold plays, you can just see there's a different level of uh, QB IQ there. Yeah, um, um, I I agree. I think Darnold is the second best QB right now in the AFC East. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree, but Allen does have the potential to surprise, I feel, because he's a multi-talented guy. Like I was talking about before, that last game they played, the first of potentially many Darnold-Allen battles. Allen had 101 yards on nine carries and a touchdown that game, but in the same game he went 18-36 for 206 yards and two interceptions, both to Tremaine Johnson, including the sealer that ended it. So he really has to clean up his game a little bit. It could be a long-standing AFC East rivalry for years to come. And this game is going to be so big week one coming up between Darnold and Allen in the sense that both teams have difficult schedules to navigate through the Jets. In particular, the first seven weeks, they have to play two up-and-coming squads in Buffalo and Cleveland. Also have to play the Patriots twice. They go through their bye, and they also play two NFC playoff squads in Dallas and Philadelphia. So this is going to be a big major stretch coming, and I'm eager to see where it leads out. Week one should be very fun. Um, what are we thinking about their biggest uh, rival, the Patriots, boys? Oh, please. I mean, at this point, you know, I, the Patriots are my Super Bowl pick. It's going to be New England over New Orleans. Basically, I'm like, until someone proves they can beat the Patriots, I'm not going to doubt them. This is how we end up with situations like Tom Brady chanting, we're still here, and how they end up calling themselves underdogs when they go on to win yet another Super Bowl. Because I always say this, doubting the Patriots is like, Watching one of the many Jurassic Park sequels, the human antagonists in the movie always say, oh, we're going to build a new park, and this time the dinosaurs won't get away. And it's the same thing with New England, because what happens in those Jurassic Park movies? Oh, the dinosaurs get away, and people end up horribly maimed or killed. With the Patriots, it's the same thing. Every time Brady throws an interception, everyone starts their thought pieces. The Patriot dynasty is over. They're done for. Blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, February rolls around, we're celebrating another Patriots Super Bowl. It's the same exact concept as those sequels. So until someone proves they can beat the Patriots, they're still going to be my Super Bowl pick moving forward. Rick, what are you taking on New England? Um, Well, New England uh, is definitely up there. I don't know if I would necessarily – actually, I may not even put them – they would probably get to the AFC Championship game. It's a lot of contenders that seem like they can beat them. But there is that fact. I mean, that that's a great analogy, Jeff, of the Jurassic Park rebuilding. I I, I think that's thank you. That's probably one of the best analogies ever, I've ever heard about the Patriots. Um, so I, yeah, they you you can't you can't build the park around them. They're just gonna escape and and kill all these people. I mean, they, I mean quietly. I mean, jo, I mean Julian Edelman's solid. Josh Gordon is is back. Hopefully, he'd stay off the damn weed. Uh, and, and Demarius Thomas is there. Phil Dorsett is a quality receiver and you don't even need quality receivers there, but Tom Brady has them. Plus the, the running game of Sam Michelle and James White, plus the other four running backs that they have there. I mean, this, this team could have no defense and still be a pretty good team. I, that's just the way I feel about the Patriots, but they do have a pretty good defense as well. I mean, if Patrick Chung can stop storing Coke, it would be better if he's there or not. 
But, uh, I mean, they have a good defense, and you could just say they have a great offense with uh, just, say, Tom Brady, and they have a great offense. So, uh, yeah, they're they're going to dominate this division. Glee, what's your take on New England? You want the evil empire? Hmm. Yes, the well evil said. empire. Um, no, I mean, they, they, I mean, every year they get better, and every year they adapt. I mean, that defense... They didn't lose any pieces, I mean, besides Patrick Chung not being able to uh, keep his nose clean. But I think the defense is going to get stronger, and you have the, one of the best wide receiver cores. <clears throat> Obviously, they lost Gronk, but the actual wide receiving core is one of the better ones they've had in years if they could stay on the field. So, no, I mean, they're, they're, they're the usual, you know, usual jackasses that the Jets. Now, the one thing I will say is that the Jets have always had to play Patriots. Rel- usually, I mean, usually the last game that the, you know you play a division team twice. The second game they usually play in the last three games um, this year, and they hardly ever got them early in the season. Um, and that's when you got to get the Patriots when they're still figuring things out. I mean, they lost. They've you know they've lost to the Titans. They've lost to the Bills recently early in the season. Miami last year. So I'm excited that the Jets do get them twice early in the season, um, once off a bye. So, um, but yeah, no, they're still going to win the division and they're still going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and then who do you think is going to win? Uh, come out on top on the bottom of Miss, uh, the battle of Mr. Irrelevant in the AFC East, the Bills or the Dolphins? Buffalo. Uh, you, you about that Fitzmagic? Oh, no, it's magic, no. baby. Yeah. Uh, we lived yeah. through it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I like how we didn't even comment about Miami because uh, they're just blowing up everything down there. It was probably one of the most exciting days for Miami in a bad way in that one day where they just blew up everything. Um, but, uh, I mean, bottom dwelling is going to be the Dolphins for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they're a team that... They can't, they're in the worst kind of rebuilding, can't decide whether they want to rebuild or whether they want to contend, because that's why they brought in Josh Rosen to be their quarterback. If they really wanted to, uh, you know, if they really wanted to rebuild, they would have dedicated the entire year to Fitzpatrick. But you will see Rosen at some point this season. Either way, I don't think things are going to go well for the Dolphins. They'll go 4-12, and 3-13 in that range. All right, Glee, hit us with the over-unders. Well, boys, first, I was able to find an answer to your uh, pass interference challenges question. Oh, good. So for tomorrow, there's a prop that will there be one that's overturned? It's yes, but it pays minus 150. No is plus 120. So they're favoring Vegas is saying that there will be one that is overturned tomorrow. The the week one odds is eight and a half. And I don't. I didn't see anything for the season. They probably want to wait to see how the first week goes before they establish a a uh, seasonal uh, long bet. But eight and a half. What do you guys think? I'm I'm probably just gonna uh, go under there. Yeah, I agree. Likewise. Yeah. I, half I the games. Half the games get one. It's still under. Yes. So. Okay. So with the AFC. We have the Dolphins bottom feeding at four and a half. I went under. I think they're going to be abysmal. Yeah, they're going to. They're, they will not be good. I, I too yeah. will go under. They're cruising uh, yeah. towards that number one overall pick. Yo, you so betcha. That's the convincer. 
Bills at six and a half. I went under as well. Yes. Yeah. I'll take under. Yeah, our two will take under. Okay. Another consensus. Now we'll now this one will turn to Mets. The Jets at seven. Now it might seem a little low, but you have to put up almost uh, double double the money. I think it was minus one eighty. So seven. So seven is the line for the Jets. I went over. I'll take over. Yeah. I'll take. Yeah, over. I'll go over even. Yeah. All right. So we're three for three in this division, and the Patriots at eleven. Oh. Hmm. That's that's challenging. That's a very it's, tough one. It's a very tough line. I went under just because fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. Uh, I'll take I'll take over on that. Reminds me of the uh, Seinfeld where Jerry Seinfeld tries to return a suit for spite. I think that uh, they'll go over twelve and four. Okay. I'm gonna go under. Ooh. Yeah, two over, two under. Okay, so that's the only one we disagreed on. So moving on, AFC North. All right. Um, I mean, AFC North, Rick, it's all up to you here, bud. What do you think about those Steelers? Uh, well, obviously, I mean, we lost we lost Le'Veon Bell last year, and then this year we lost Antonio Brown. So there's a lot of question, question marks there. But, I mean, Vance McDonald showed that he's a beast. I believe in Juju Smith-Schuster. Big Ben, if he's able to throw the ball, he will find a receiver. He will throw a couple interceptions, but he will throw some bombs down the field. And, I mean, it's honestly very hard to replace uh, Antonio Brown, but, I mean, I I like James Washington. I like Dante Moncrief. Uh, Switzer will be fun in the slot, so we'll see what he do- does there. Um, James Conner is... Proved that he can replace Le'Veon Bell last year. Now, if he could stay healthier than he did last year, that would definitely help. But there is some hype for his backup, Jalen Samuels. So I'm expecting expecting a one-two punch in the backfield for a little bit. Uh, their defense, their defense will either show up one week or completely shit the bed the other week. It doesn't matter if it's a good team or a bad team. Uh, and that, that's the most frustrating part about the Steelers is their defense. Um, I can still see them winning the division. Uh, I can understand the hype around uh, the two other teams that are going to be relevant in this division. Uh, but I think we will recover. We'll, we will survive in advance past Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. Um, I don't see us making it into the Super Bowl, but we will win the AFC North. Um, what are you thinking, Glee? Well, I think that the Steelers are overrated. I do not trust that secondary at all. I think Ben's washed up. I don't think Juju is a as good as everyone thinks he thinks he is. Uh, and I think it's because Antonio Brown is the best well, I think DeAndre Hopkins is the best receiver in the league, but I think Antonio Brown demanded so much respect and attention that it made Juju look as good as he is. Um, so, no, I, I, I don't think those are the best. I, frank, quite frankly, I think that division is a lot like the uh, the other AFC division we haven't gotten to. There's a lot; they're all right there. 
think the Brown. I think they're all hovering around nine and seven. Not that big on the Steelers. Uh, what about you, Jeff? You know, that's interesting. I think the AFC North is interesting in the sense that I think three of the four teams could win the division, and it wouldn't shock me in the slightest. I feel that uh, Cincinnati is one of the teams rebuilding right now, so they're the only one. Zach Taylor's going to go through a bit of a rebuild process down there. As for the other ones, I don't think anyone has more pressure on him in the league right now than Lamar Jackson because he took over the starting role from Joe Flacco. It's probably a move the Giants should have made in the sense that, you know, bidding farewell to your sometimes great, often mediocre quarterback who brought you a Super Bowl and, you know, told him, that's it. It's over. We're going to the rookie now. We're going to the newcomer. And they did it. And Lamar, for all intents and purposes, decent season, then just had a horrendous playoff game so it'll be interesting to see how he recovers from that as for pittsburgh addition by subtraction with antonio brown you know all the controversy he controversy he's continuing to cause in oakland so i definitely think that they will be back and you know keep contending i think juju will be able to pick off where he left off as for the cleveland browns i do think that their goal it's their division to lose right now but, you know, how how often have we seen, like, so many times how the offseason champion always winds up swinging and missing when it comes to be, you know, the big time? And, uh, Sh- Sean, I think I would say you have experience, as a, experience in this uh, concern, considering the uh, Dream Team Philadelphia Eagles all those years ago. So you know exactly what that, what they're going through there. But having said that, I think they're a decent team. I think they're going to win that division. But at the same time... As Bill Parcells once said many moons ago, let's not put him in Canton just yet. By him, I'm referring to Baker Mayfield. Now, what are we thinking? Uh, obviously, the Browns could be the contender there. What do we think about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson? Well, like I said, it's he's got a lot to prove this year, especially after that playoff game. So I definitely think he has a ton of pressure on him. Him and I think Marcus Mariota have a ton of pressure on them. So... Eager to see how he responds after, bar none, one of the worst playoff games you'll see from a quarterback in NFL history. That game was wrong. I'm, mm. well, I'm, I'm really excited to see Marcus Ingram. I'm Marcus. Mark Ingram, uh, you know, regain the workload. Alvin Kamara demanded a lot of touches in that Saints <laughs> offense, and so I think you're going to see him really explode from a fantasy standpoint for the Ravens. And, and, if, and he's a perfect fit for the Ravens, too. What are you thinking, Rick? Uh, the, they made a lot of moves in the draft uh, for, for the offense. I mean, they got, they got Antonio Brown's godson, Marquise Brown in there. Um, they have Lamar Jackson, who I think is still better with his feet than he is with his arm, but still that it's a very, very Michael Vick look at it. And Michael Vick was pretty successful with the Atlanta Falcons for a couple of years there um they they could be a team that could win this division again two years in a row um but then again they made a lot of moves are these guys proven yet i don't know is mark ingram able to live up to what his prime was i'm not too sure there's a lot of question marks with this and then the defense went through a rebuild i mean Suggs is not there anymore uh he's He's in retirement in Arizona, I believe. Uh, so I, I don't know. Um, 
this is a team that I think will either shine or or crash. And what do we think about the Bengals? If yeah, like anything to think. They're they're rebuilding. It's going to be a uh, year of growth and a year of uh, year of character building for Zach Taylor and Co. Down there. So yeah. Jeff, you said earlier that like the Cowboys were like the maple leaves of like they always have something, they get close, and then it just doesn't pan out. I feel like you could almost put the Bengals in that you know well, category. Not as much as Dallas, but I feel like the Bengals have had a few good teams. You have the Carson Palmer teams. You had the beginning of the Dalton uh, stretch. You know they obviously they had the thirty yards of penalties that blew it against the Steelers. Like I feel like the, the Bengals could almost fit in that category. The Bengals, to me, are more of the Washington Nationals of football in the sense that they have, first of all, they haven't advanced past the playoffs since Jesus was walking the earth. So that's a major problem. They haven't advanced around there. Uh, I also think that, you know, the the Cowboys and the and the Maple Leafs, at least they've accomplished things in the past. The Bengals, on the other hand, they have two Super Bowls against Joe Montana that did not go their way. So I, I think that a more accurate description that would be being the Montreal Expo slash Washington Nationals of the National Football League. So interesting thought, though. Glee, hit us with those over-unders. Well, one thing with the Bengals is we finally used last year as a way to get Marvin Lewis out of the league. I'm hoping this year is a way we can get in, uh, Andy Dalton out of the league because he's wasting A.J. Green. Okay. So the Bengals, six. I went under. Um, yeah. Under. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll agree on that, under. Under, Jeff? under. Jeff as well? Yes. Okay. The, Ravens um, are, the Ravens are at eight and a half. I'm going to take under. I think they're eight and eight. Yeah, I agree on that one. We see them as eight and eight. Yeah, the the Browns are going to surpass them for second in that division. I went over there. I think they're I think they're a nine ten win team. I think that the Browns are going to. Uh, I think they'll take over that. So that division. Well, the Browns and the Steelers are both at nine. So I went under for the Browns and over for the Steelers. What about you guys? I I mean I I I could see both being over. I can see them both being ten and six, frankly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with ten and six. Yeah, ten six. Okay, so you guys are going with the Browns, love. Okay. All right. Um, AFC South. What's the no? What's the new look AFC South looking like without Andrew Luck? Well, you know, first and foremost, I want to say that I think the Colts are not are are not in as dire straits as many people think without Andrew Luck because yes they went 4 and 12 in that year they lost him in 2017 but this is a very different team if there's anything Chris Ballard has done during his time as the Colts general manager since the in departure of Ryan Grigson he has drafted very well has found some nice diamonds in the rough guys like Darius Leonard guys like running back Marlon Mack of course the first round pick last year was used on Quinton Nelson. So I definitely think the Colts are not in as dire straits as they were before. And this is a division, the AFC South, where Houston Texans, I believe, are the best team on paper and should end up winning this thing. 
but it would not shock me if any of the four contenders stole this division away. Colts will probably be in the eight and eight range, but right now I'm going to go with the paper choice. I go with the Houston Texans. Um, what are you thinking, Rick? Give us your uh, AFC North rundown. Uh, well, did I do that already? Um, I, I think I'm I'm going with the Steelers, then the then then the Browns, Ravens, Bengals. What about you, Glee? Wait, I'm confused. You mean the AFC South? Yes. Oh, you said the AFC North. Oh, I'm you sorry. I meant the there. South. My bad. Yeah, and you just let me continue. You look like an asshole. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I mean, this is this is actually kind of this may be the most fun division to watch because no one knows what can happen. In this I division. agree. I feel um, like it's a weak division, but at the same time, it's going to be fun to watch because I feel like any four of those teams can really take it. Yeah, I mean, ja- Jacksonville looks stronger than they did last year. Uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, I can see being the the bottom feeders there, so I'll give them the four. Uh, Colts, I probably would have given them the W if Andrew Luck was there. Uh, rest in peace. Uh, but he was, he's probably because of him retiring. I don't, I don't feel as confident in Jacoby Brissett. Although it's quite impressive that Brissett uh, negotiated his own contract without an agent. So that that was pretty impressive by him. So I'll, but I'll give them third. Uh, Jacksonville second, Houston first. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to follow you there on that. I think Houston's definitely going to take first. They're very talented. A lot of their success is going to come down to does JJ Watt stay healthy? But I still think they have enough pieces to take first. Mm. Um, I don't. A lot I of people think, are. I don't think it's the off. I don't think it's the defense. I think it's the offense for the Houston Texans. If Deshaun Watson can stay healthy, yeah. If he could stay healthy, I mean, he kind of had a, a weird accident last year, or a weird injury, I should say, last year. If he could stay healthy, if their their top receivers um, can stay healthy, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins. I I I agree with Glee that he's probably the best receiver in the league. Um, if Will Fuller can stay healthy because he seems like he has some sort of leg injury every single season, um, I, if he can stay healthy, um, the only thing that's like a big hiccup there is they're running back by committee. I don't know how that's going to work out there, but I'd still say Houston first. I I just a lot of people are saying that the clock in time is running out on Marcus Mariota. What do you guys think about that? Could not agree more. He posted career-worst numbers last season. The Tex- the Titans have brought in a bit of an insurance option in Ryan Tannehill. Obviously, his days as a franchise quarterback are probably over, but you know they brought him in as a backup, a type of guy to say, look, if you falter, we have the guy with experience, the ideal backup in a sense, in that he's had his moments in this league and whatnot. So it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that. Another quarterback with a ton of pressure on him. Yeah, I, I, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a team that's gonna be doing the quarterback dance this year, I think. Because mm. Mariota is definitely gonna fuck up, and I mean, Ryan Tannehill is not the best option, but he's definitely one of the better backup QBs. Glee. Oh, undoubtedly, yeah. Glee, what's those over unders for the uh, AFC South? Okay, this is actually the tightest division in the league. I could believe that. Which with the Texans at eight and a half at over. the top. 
The Colts at seven and a half at the bottom, and the Jaguars and the Titans in the middle at eight games. Mm. So there's only a game separating the four of them. Uh, Thoughts thoughts on the Colts? Go. The Colts were seven, right? Seven Seven and a half. half. Uh, I could see them winning seven, so I'll go under. I'm under there, too. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be bold over the winning. Okay. Now the Titans are eight games. Under. Under. I'll go under again with that. I actually went over there. All right. I don't know why, but I did. I'm going with it. (laughs) Jaguars are eight. I'll go over. Same. I'm gonna take the over. Under. Big Dick Nick. Yeah, I went under as well. I do not – I think that it's tough to keep defenses together. You saw them regress last year. I think they do it again. And the projected favorites at a 8.5 win total is the Texans. I went over. I, too, will go over. Same. I'll go over. What was that? Over. Good. All right, boys. What we got next, Feds? AFC West. Last division. Let's oh, wrap it up wow. with the AFC West. Um, let's kick off with the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Jeff, what do you think about the Chiefs? Well, you want to talk pressure again. Patrick Mahomes, can well, he duplicate the season from last year? Go. No, so Jeff, I was going to say, sorry to cut you off here. No. Um, let's break up the AFC West like this. Who has... A better shot. Who's taking home this division? Chargers or Chiefs and why? I think KC will because I think LA is just going to miss Melvin Gordon a little too much. KC has regressed a little bit since losing Kareem Hunt. I think we saw that. Uh, I think we saw that after they lost him to that uh, heinous domestic violence situation. But I do think that KC is going to hang on to win this division. But LA will be high on their tails. It will be a nice 13 to 3. Uh, 12-4 battle. I think that KC wins it by a nose. Um, what are you thinking, Rick? Who do you think wins the division? Um, I, I'm, I'm in the mindset that it's now or never uh, for Rivers. So I've, I'm going to give the lead to the Chargers, but I feel like it can be a – like it was last season. They, both teams won, went 12-4, and four, and – KC won with the uh, with the advantage there, but I think the Chargers will somehow come ahead. I and I kind of want them to go at least the AFC Championship game get get farther than ever, but uh, it's this this is tough. I I can definitely see myself definitely being wrong here. And then Glee, what are you thinking? Well, I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Chargers. I, I I'm not huge on the Chargers. Um, I usually fade them every week, so I'm going to go Chiefs there. And, and now, what are we thinking about the Raiders? I mean, obviously they got Amari Cooper. Uh, can he stay out of the uh, headlines? The no, they don't. No, they don't. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, Antonio Brown, wrong uh, answer to uh, Oopsies. That's uh, all good. Antonio <laughs> Brown. Raiders uh, guy Antonio Brown, what are we thinking? Uh, as Luke Skywalker once said, this is not going to go the way you think. I think that uh, 
He's already causing controversy. I mean, the Instagram thing was just the latest thing. Uh, I foresee a 6 and 10, 5 and 11 mark for them. Yeah, I, I, just, I just don't trust Derek Carr. Um, yeah, makes sense. I mean, he, I mean, his first, his first season, like he looked like what the hype was around, maybe not as much hype, but the hype was around Patrick Mahomes last season. And then he completely shit the bed to say politely. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they could also, I mean, they, they do have, they do have playmakers there. Uh, I mean, playmaker Antonio Brown, see what he does. Let's see if he can live up to the hype of him of him wanting to be traded, and let's see how he does with not Big Ben. I'm very I'm very curious about this. I still think he is he's like top three receivers in this league, but if he doesn't have the arm, if he doesn't have the right arm throwing to him, then he's not going to catch a lot. I think something I just want to say, get in real quick. Uh, in, what I think is interesting about the Raiders, we talk so much about how Mo Lewis's hit on Drew Bledsoe in September 2001 changed the course of NFL history in that it unleashed Tom Brady on the world. I wonder how much the hit, Trent Cole, I believe, with the Indianapolis Colts at the time, on Christmas Eve 2016 on Derek Carr that knocked him out of that entire season, the entire postseason. I wonder how much that affected NFL history. So that's some that how much it changed the course of NFL history. Something to think about moving forward. I mean, you, you could say that about, uh, about the Colts. If they actually built a, an offensive line around Andrew Luck instead of yeah. constantly pounding defense upon defense, which not all of them panned out. You could, if, they, if they, if they built an offensive line, would Andrew Luck still be in this league? It's I would true. say most likely. Yes. Yeah. If, of course, of course, it's uh, it's just something to worry about. But no use on wonder, no use on guessing what might have been. True. I didn't believe. What are you thinking about the Denver Broncos? Obviously, they acquired uh, Joe Flacco. They'll have Emmanuel Sanders catching five yard slants all over the place. Yeah, they don't excite me anyway. Um, any which way. <laughs> sorry, sorry to disappoint. Broncos, Broncos fans out there. Over unders for the AFC West. The Raiders are at six and a half. I went over. Under. Um, This is not going to go. (laughs) Jeff, that's stuck in my head now. uh, (laughs) I'll go go under as well. I went over. The Broncos are seven. Under. I'll go under. Mm. I think the Raiders get third, Broncos fourth. Chargers yeah, I, are. I can see that. Sorry. Chargers nine and a half. Over. Yeah, I take over. over. Over in second for the Chargers. Yeah, I agree. Over in first. Okay, I went under. I think they go nine and seven. And the Chiefs are at ten and a half. Over. Over. I'll go over. Okay, boys. That wraps up the win totals. All All right. right. And that wraps up the division. So, boys, let's sign off this week with our NFL preview show. Let's sign off with your AFC, NFC champion. And who do you think is going to be your Super Bowl champion this year? Uh, 
Let's go around the horn. Joe, who is going to be representing the conferences in the Super Bowl and who comes out on top? My honest opinion? Yes. I think it's the Patriots over the Saints. All right. Jeffrey, what about you? God, gosh, darn it. You took my answer. I, too, am going New England over New Orleans. Last season, I said it was going to be New Orleans over New England. But, again, at this point, someone's going to have to beat the Patriots. Philadelphia Eagles notwithstanding. Someone's going to have to beat the Patriots to <clears throat> for me to be convinced that they can be defeated. So I will go with New England over New Orleans. Should be a really fun game. Unlike last year's edition, Patriots win yet another title. Their record, seventh. Yeah, what the hell? ESPN had greatest games in NFL history on uh, earlier, and one of them was Super Bowl 53. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, I disagree with that. How about well, you, Fitz? I enjoyed it. It was a good defensive battle. Um, even, for, even for defensive battles, that was bleh. It wasn't a greatest game. I mean, <laughs> I mean, How about you, Fitz? They annoy the crap out of me because we're always, like, either the Saints are already talking shit about the Eagles already. But I do think the Saints are the top team in the NFC. I think the NFC Championship could be East, could definitely be New Orleans and Philly. Um, but I think New Orleans, especially, I think Breezy has one more shot in him. I, I agree. I definitely think Breezy has another shot uh, left in him. And the AFC, I'm going to take Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I think Andy Reid gets over the hump and at least makes the Super Bowl. But I, even though, again, they, they, they are slowly cry, climbing up my hatred list. But I love Drew Brees. I like to see Drew Brees get one more. I'm going to say Breezy takes it over the Chiefs. Fair enough. All right. Um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the Saints. I agree there. Um, I, I feel like the AFC... A little bit more competitive, um, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go with a wild card here. Just be a little different. I'm going Chargers. Ooh, uh, uh, I I think they do have the potential. Um, I, I agree they will miss Melvin Gordon, but I, I feel like there are definitely not as good but viable options there in in the running back position. So I I'm gonna, and you never know, maybe Melvin Gordon will. Well, shut up. Not not pull Le'Veon Bell and come back. You, we don't know that. So, I'm gonna go Chargers, but I I think I think the uh, Saints are gonna come out on top in that game. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I can see that. And lastly, boys, last thing, MVP. Philip Rivers, because I feel that. Without Gordon, he's going to take on more responsibilities, and he's going to lead that Chargers team to some success, so I'm going to go Phil. Who are you taking, Rick? Um, God, this is, a, this is a hard one. Can you, can you, can you say yours first? I have no, <laughs> I, I, let me, give me a second to think. You just threw this on me. Le'Veon Bell. Really? Why leave no, him? No, I was just not. No, I was kidding. It's Sam Donald. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think. I don't know. This uh, I asked a question, but it's definitely a tough question. Hmm. Yes. I'm going to say 
The MVP this year could be Breezy, I think, with the Saints. I think that, you know, he's shown that he can really deliver. I'll, I'll take a sleeper pick. I'll take you know, Drew Breezy. Makes it look easy. Mm, I wouldn't really say it's a sleeper pick, but. Uh, <laughs> well, over like I, Mahomes and, you know, Brady. I'm going to take Brady. I, I, I mean, I, I think he's. He shows up every year and generally is in the MVP talk. So I'm going to go with Brady, especially with the targets that he has this year. If they stay healthy, Brady. I like it. All right, man. Let's wrap this thing up, Feds. All right, boys. Uh, So, everyone, you have listened to our NFL preview show. It's the most wonderful time of the year once again. We're so thankful you're able to join us as we went through. Um. Any signing off thoughts, Jeffrey? We'll if, begin with you. Uh, nothing really too much to add. I think we got a lot in here, guys. Thank you for having me on, and uh, keep up the great work. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. Goose, any signing off thoughts? Um, well, I have my week one picks, but I guess we can tweet them out so people can follow us if you want to do oh, it yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. We'll hit those out at okay. wide open underscore sports or at goose pulls thirty two. And, Let's do it. And Rick, any uh, last thoughts? Uh, I think I've given all my thoughts, man. This was a long episode. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it is past my bedtime. <laughs> uh, it's tough going back to school and teaching again, <laughs> getting up at five in the morning again. Oh, uh, tough life. Yeah, right. Jeez, <laughs> right. Work. God damn me. All right. So, again, for the Wide Open Sportscast, as Rick just said, you can find us on Twitter at Wide Open underscore sports. And don't forget to look for us on on Google Play, iTunes, TuneIn, and SoundCloud. This has been the almost world-famous Wide Open Sportscast. My name is Feds, and as always, go birds. Yeah, well, forget the birds. Good night, night, everybody. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. How about them cowboys?